0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now, welcome
1: your host, Ken Lane. And you have tuned into The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane. We're here each week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. This week, we're going back to the basics. We're going back to what What are our zones? How do you grow here? How do we compare to other parts of the country? And then I'm going to give you the nine essential landscape tasks you really need to get done in the next few weeks. Things that will really make a difference by doing a few simple things right now plays out way better than the rest of your neighbors down through the growing season. So let's start with the very basics. What zone are we? If you're brand new, just moved in from Chicago or from Seattle, or from LA, or Scottsdale, wherever. What zone are we? We're in this anomaly up here in the mountains. We're the lower, very southern end of the Rocky Mountains, very high altitude. And so our clay soils are really play a number on your gardens. Our water is very, very, very alkaline, which is very different. There's a little bubble here in the southwest where the water, just everything is alkaline the rest of the country everything is very acidic yet the garden books tell you that you want to have your soil to be the perfect balanced ph of 6 you know 6 to 6.5 well the lowest i have ever seen a ph come out is 7 and normal is 8 to 9 i mean if you're on well water very often you are up in the 9.0s, 9.2, 9.3 is the highest reading I've ever seen. Those of you that have had pools and spas, you know you're, you're checking your pH. The pH meter comes from 0 to 10. As you approach 9, 10, basically everything is sterile. Nothing will grow. It's so, the alkalinity is so high. And as you go down towards 1 or 2, it's, things are so acidic, nothing will live in that acid. Uh, the perfect balance or growing pH is six, 5.5 to 6.5, somewhere in there. Our water has so much alkalinity in it. And you'll see that in your bathtub. You'll see that in your sink, that white ring that builds up in your on your appliances, on your counter, that also builds up in the soil and then affects the plants. That's what we're talking about. You need to correct that. If you want to have a, a chance of producing fragrance in your flowers, color in your flowers, production off your vegetables, a larger foliage, greener foliage, as the pH gets too high, as it becomes too alkaline, the leaves will turn. They'll turn yellow. You'll see veining in the leaves. The leaves will become emaciated, smaller, thinner. The flowers will stop producing. Uh, uh, vegetables will, will start shedding their, their blossoms. So you have uh, all kinds of strange symptoms showing up. The flowers that are more yellow in nature will just turn really yellow. The foliage will turn yellow, not the flowers. The actual foliage will just become, well, chlorotic, very, very, very yellow. And so that's those are all indications that the pH has gotten too high. And folks will have this tidal wave in midsummer, especially of people coming into the garden center, and they'll want more iron. Night, I need iron, iron, chelated iron. I want super iron, super fast iron, 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 iron. It's not iron. As the pH creeps up, the minerals can be there: the the manganese, the zincs, the the irons, the nitrogen, phosphorus, potash. They can all be in the soil, but as the pH becomes too alkaline, it locks up all those minerals in the soil where the plant cannot get to it. It can be there, but they're too sick to grab it and use it up into through the structure of the plant. As soon as you lower that pH down to, let's say like down to below eight, seven, five, seven, if you can get it in the sixes, you are a pH hero garden. You, you just really, your garden's going to produce. But every time you, you cycle on the drip irrigation, you put another gallon of water on that plant. You go out and turn the hose on. The alkalinity naturally starts to creep up. That's your number one difference here in northern Arizona as opposed to other parts of the country. That's one thing they don't teach you. And if you're tuned into HGTV, if you're reading Fine Garden Magazine, uh, you, they're not going to tell you about that because those they're producing shows or articles or columns for where the people live. I mean, New York city, that's where they're producing all the content for not Arizona. And so that's why you are tuned into here. They're out in gardener. Thanks for tuning in You get tips like this, regional local tips that play out. And yes, all of us are the same flagstaff. There's a tower up there. You guys are tuned in. It's the same alkalinity problems. Ash Fork Williams, same Seligman Kingman, the same Prescott, Prescott Valley, Sedona, Cottonwood is the same. We're all the same. In fact, we're probably the same water source. And so that alkalinity plays out throughout each tap, throughout each drip irrigation system. The way you counteract that alkalinity is soil sulfur. And in the spring, in March, basically next month, I'll start preaching to you. You need to fertilize. You need to get a, you, plants need, they're hungry. They're waking up time to fertilize, time to fertilize. When that happens, I put the soil sulfur on at the same time. It's little pelletized disks of sulfur. And sulfur is acidic. It's an all-natural sulfur. And I just buy the big bag at the nursery, and, and I sling it all over the yard. Everything. My lawn, flower beds, vegetable beds, fruit trees, lilac. If you want the fragrance of lilac coming out in the landscape, you need to give it soil sulfur. That's, that's just critical. It's it's just right here. This is the only place that you really need to do that is in northern Arizona. Secondly, uh, our last frost, don't be fooled. This weather will not hold. I'm just telling you, it's just not going to hold. I know you want it to. I want it to, too. Last year at this time, it was like we're coming right out of a sub-zero like frost, uh, syndrome. It was so bitterly cold. It was miserable. And here I, I own a nursery. I work outdoors. It was miserable. It's finally started to, to, to warm up here. It's just the opposite. It's very warm early, but it, the way it will do it, it'll be warm. And it'll be really cold, warm, cold. So you see very huge temperature swings between day and night and plants, they only care about the nighttime temperature. They don't care about how warm they are during the day. When that nighttime temperature drops below 45 degrees, your plants are not happy. So don't be tempted to plant. Like I was down at the box stores, they already have tomatoes out. It's just February. It's Northern Arizona. There's no way you should be planting your summer vegetables yet because we will get another frost. We will get another snow. I predict more snow. I hope more snow. And so we, we need that moisture and snow slowly trickles into the forest bed and, and hydrates all those trees, reduces forest fire risk, re- replenishes the, the water tables. It's good. We need that. And so I, we'll, we'll have it. And so, the last frost, the 100 year average, for let's say this five to 6,000 foot level. Now, we're broadcast all over. So if you're down in Sedona, maybe it's a couple weeks earlier. But Flagstaff, a couple weeks later. But that first week in May is your last frost, traditionally. That's 100 years of data. Last Mother's Day weekend is what the old timers used as the holiday to track that by. Now, last year, it warmed up and got pretty nice, and the, the, the third week in April. We never saw another frost. I've seen it snow on Mother's Day weekend. You just, that's the mountains for you. But don't be lulled into this nice weather. If you're planting, and you can plant, it's fine. Just stay away from your summer plants. That'd be your eggplants and your your tomatoes and squash and your, your marigolds and your petunias and geraniums. Plant your spring things. Forsythia love early spring Lilac, love early spring flowering quince. Your fruit trees, conifers, if you're planting a conifer, that's your leaf, your uh, needled evergreens. They prefer being planted in early spring. They like warm days, cold nights. They like a a last minute, last of the season snows. They actually rejoice with that. Your flowers would be pansies and stocks and kales and your vegetables would be cauliflower and lettuce and spinach and Brussels sprouts. And I could go on. Your herbs would be mint and oregano and parsley. They all love this time of season. So plant the right kinds of things for the season, and you'll have success. That's it for this segment. We have a lot for you. Stay tuned. You've
0: been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Waters Garden companion plants of February are peony, Calgary carpet juniper, lily of the valley, and pinyon pines.
0: Pinyon pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade.
1: It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape.
0: Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard.
1: You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine are deer and javelina proof.
0: Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com.
1: Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is well pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap.
0: Tommy, what's going on?
1: Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center.
0: You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
1: So we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And lots of gardeners are coming in now. So mm-hmm. we're seeing them at the garden center in between cold and warm. Every time it's above like 55, yeah. there's a flood of the, the parking lot starts to fill. Otherwise, it's like, where is everyone? Echo, echo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get projects
1: done. You get to spend lots of time. If yeah. you want great service. At a garden center, going in the morning or when it's a little cold, any kind of a cloud is in the sky. That's enough <laughs> to keep Prescottonians from uh, showing up or going outside for the day. Yes. So, but you get extra mm-hmm. energy, time, focus. Oh, you bet. So anyway, it's just a good time. So yeah. welcome back to studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good what kind of work. garden questions we got this week?
0: Well, you bet. So Shannon in Prescott wants to know, when is the best time to plant peonies oh. And can they go into a full sun spot?
1: Oh, sure, Shannon. Hey, great question. So peonies, are, they're a spring uh, a perennial. That is, they come back every year, and they get this beautiful, great, big, like, rose-sized flower to it. Typically have more petals than a rose, and super fragrant. That peony fragrance is over the top. They get about, what is, knee-high or so? I guess it depends on the model. So, the English... <laughs> English peonies get about yeah. knee high or so. Right. And the more sun you give a peony, the better, the more flowers you'll get. So there's a photosynthesis thing that, that happens. So um, some of the really big ones I notice, like the Ito peonies, these are, we've grafted a tree peony, no, an English peony onto a tree peony root. Mm. And so you get this big, it's like a it's like an english peony on steroids. It's real the flowers are three times the size. They're they're huge and they're funky colors like mm-hmm. yellows. You just don't see yellow right. in a peony, but you do with etos. Mm-hmm. Some of those sometimes they'll take full sun, but their pat the, the leaves are so big. That sometimes they benefit from uh, a little protection underneath the tree or something. Not really for the flower, but it keeps the summer hail off of the foliage. It's not going to make any real difference to the flowers and stuff, but mm-hmm. I would say give it at least six hours of sun. A peony needs at least six hours of sun to to, to produce any kind of flower. Otherwise they'll tend to lean and kind of Ooh. fall over and stuff. And they'll need a cage and all this other stuff. You and I, we grow some Eto in containers mm-hmm. of all things. Yeah. And they've been in there for years. They're beautiful. on a South facing wall, up against the house, reflective heat, It's glorious. So they'll take full sun. uh, And now's the time. So you want to get peonies in before they really start to erupt. Their, their eyes are starting to show from the bucket. So they're, they hibernate underground and then they'll come back fresh every spring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. So where's my cough button? And so uh, you can't cough anymore, even on the radio. (laughs) Anyway, they're, um, their eyes are just starting to show up. You want to grab those early. You get best selection. Like we just had our first crop of peonies. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, I don't know, 50 or 60 of them. I don't know. There's a bunch. just table filled with them. And, and then uh, in a couple of weeks, I think i write an article on how to grow peonies. And then that weekend, it'll just be like this flood. They'll all be <laughs> gone because the crop is limited. And mm-hmm. so you kind of want better selection. You grab them early. Don't wait until they're in bloom. I'm gonna wait until I see the flowers. There won't be any left by then. So those you want to shop early, mm-hmm. get them in the ground, and then you'll have less transplant shock as right. they as they grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, now can, I give, one other,
1: can yes. I give one other to Shannon because she's growing them? Um drainage, drainage, drainage. Oh, Peonies yeah. have this real fleshy root, which is why they're so robust. Mm-hmm. Make sure that soil drains. And so that's that's kind of Personal advice, just no, school of hard true. knocks.
0: That's, that's very good advice. Very good advice. Okay, so Dan is in Chino. He's put in a raised garden bed for vegetables. It's about three feet tall. Ooh, His question is because he doesn't want to
1: <laughs> climb up into the bed.
0: <laughs> His question is for the bottom part of that. Can yeah. you just put in crummy eh, fill soil, or is it? you need to do the whole thing with good soil?
1: Yeah. So, no, I would not put crummy. You don't, the reason you have a raised bed, come on, Dan, the reason you got a raised bed is because your soil is so rough. Those new subdivisions out in Chino Valley, they're beautiful. The vistas are gorgeous. The dirt is horrible, just terrible. I don't know how you grow anything in there. Uh, And so you're abandoning that soil so that you can have good, better soil, better drainage. Mm -hmm. And so, don't curse yourself by refilling that thing with crummy soil. Now, some of your rock Mm -hmm. yards—they've got what's called a garden mix. Okay, it's silt. They're sticking, they're digging out stock tanks because that's we're in ranch country, and so they got this rich silt which doesn't drain. So they add wood chips and manure to it because those are both free products. They call it garden mix. It's terrible to grow in, (laughs) but it's great filler. Mm -hmm. I would get a load of garden mix from any, any of your, your soil folks. Mm -hmm. Um, There's plenty in Chino, just get them anywhere. And then I would take the top layer of that and I would add that top layer. I would, I would put water's potting soil. Our grower came up with that and it's, it's our growers mix. So cutting seed, things that are started, we'll start that in that, that mix and plants don't like a difference. They don't like different soils. And so make sure you have the same kind of soil, that seedling, you you were it's a starter mix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That same starter plant goes into the same kind of soil and it'll just take off and grow for you. So I would take that top six, eight inches of that raised bed and put water's potting soil because you're going to get a 100% mm-hmm. growth rate. They're just going to grow. You could add your seed, your radishes right in there, probably start right now. And you get radishes in like three weeks. They grow so fast. Lettuce mm-hmm. the same way. So take the top layer and have really good stuff, the filler with just a garden mix. Did I help Dan out? Did it cover everything?
0: I think yeah. so. So yeah. if they if they do a good six to eight inches of good soil on yeah. top, like the water is potting soil, yeah. you really don't need to add anything else to that, no. right? No. You're just good to go. Yeah. So but if you're doing a, so- a bed that's been in the ground three, four, you know, years, you've been planting in it. Then you would want to add like manures, perlites, those kind of things.
1: Yeah. For for brand new beds. So he's just filling up a three foot bed and he needs a lot of soil. So that was advice for Dan Chino Valley. Uh, For those that already have raised beds and you want to freshen that up, plants use up the soil that they're growing in so that you'll actually see the soil disappear. It doesn't blow away. It actually just disappears Mm -hmm. because the plants are using the energy out of that soil. Well, as as it takes from the soil, you need to replenish that for the next year's crop. So every year you're probably topping that bed off with water's potting soil. It's peat moss, perlite. It's, it's all the good stuff you want in a soil mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you can add it for really big beds. Manure, 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 manure is great. We have a barnyard manure to deodorize. Let's face it, folks. <laughs> Poop is gross. Let's just face it. We created a poop that isn't gross. It's like a compost, (laughs) but it's still got the nitrogen. It's still got that vitality stuff. stuff. And so you could put a two-inch layer on top of that raised garden bed or any garden bed, whatever it is, blend it down to one shovel's depth, about eight inches or so. I would at the same time add some fertilizer, some plant food. We make a, a fruit and vegetable food that's designed specifically for growing fruits and vegetables. It's got a lot of calcium in it. Mm-hmm. And so I would, before I blend it, I would put my manure down about a two inch layer uh, and then, then a, sprinkle some of this vegetable food on top, then take your shovel, turn it back and forth. And then you're, you're ready to start planting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would say you could start planting. I mean, the weather's going to turn nice by March. I mean, yeah, we'll get some cold nights where it goes down to mid-20s, but it pops right back up right. really quick to warm. So plants are, they're actively growing right now. Mm-hmm. So I would say you can go for it.
0: Yeah. And we do have a lot of our, our uh, spring veggies.
1: And yeah, so the they're kale, in Herbs.
0: It's a beautiful Swiss chard yeah. up there. It's so pretty. So a lot of stuff you can put in now if your beds are ready. And that way you can enjoy it in spring.
1: Two, uh, two questions this week. We're out of time. So we've got uh, peonies with uh, Shannon and... Raise beds for Dan. Appreciate the questions, you folks. Be right back right after this.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens.
1: Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them.
0: At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success.
1: We're wild about wildflowers, with many of our own Arizona blends.
0: Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful.
1: At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed.
0: Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center.
1: Waters Garden companions of February are peony, Calgary carpet, juniper, pinion pines, and lily of the valley.
0: Lily of the valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade.
1: This bold evergreen delights with dramatic fiery growth in spring.
0: Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful, arching stems.
1: Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina.
0: Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, GardenCenter.com. Now, welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now, we started the show with not just the four seasons, but the six seasons of the mountains of Arizona. That's early spring, spring, the perennial month of June, summer, fall, and then winter, six seasons. We're going into that early spring season. Those plants that love bright, warm days, but they can take on cool evenings. They can take on a a light snow. They can, the harshest of winter, it's over. We're not having that anymore, but we can have a light frost. There's not going to be any heavy freezes, but we will have a light frost. Those plants need to be able to take that. And lilac is one of those great plants, a classic for the mountains of Arizona in fact, we grow lilac better than most parts of the country. And and yes, that's the same shrub that your grandmother grew in her backyard. And it filled up the entire yard with this wonderful lilac fragrance. But there are so many more choices than your grandmother ever dreamed of. There's probably oh, six, eight different varieties. I'm just, I have, there's so many, I don't know how many there are. Varieties of lilac out there. Of course, the common Eastern lilac. Common lilacs, those are the ones your grandmother grew. That's that purple or lavender colored flower. But now they're coming out with varieties that have a larger flower that's even more fragrant, like Mr. Lincoln or President Lincoln lilac. It's a common lilac like your grandmother grew, only it's a real showstopper. Oh my goodness. It's magnificent. Blue sky lilac is more fragrant. It's the same color, same size, but the fragrance is sweeter than your common lilacs. Uh, There's white lilacs, very fragrant. There's yellow, there's reds. I even have one that's purple with a, or it's almost purple bordering on red with a white, a variegation on each petal, not the leaves, the flowers. It's called sensation lilac. And you can keep going on and on. They have every size, every shape, every color. Um, Most lilac, most really perennials, most things that bloom for you need to be of certain age before they'll actually show off. So they're kind of like people, you know, you get them from the nursery and they're sort of in that adolescent stage. They, they look like people, but they're not quite full grown up and they need to mature a little bit more before they really are showstoppers, before you want to put them on the cover of People magazine for plants. Uh, they need to be a certain age. Lilacs are typically going to be three to four years old before they're old enough to really show off. So your little one gallon size plants. They may not bloom. You might get a bloom this year, but not a lot of them. You jump up to a two or a five gallon, all of a sudden you go, whoa, that's pretty, I can't believe how many buds are on this thing because it's a couple years older. So, so watch that as you're buying plants. This is especially true for fruit trees, fruit trees. We, we love to graft a, 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 let's say a, a harcot or Chinese apricot or Fantasia ne- uh, nectarine or or a Santa Rosa plum or a Honeycrisp apple, we'll graft a really strong, uh, desirable fruit tree onto a strong, hardy rootstock. It's growing up and we'll sell it in what's called the the, uh, not we, not, not Water's Garden Center, but the industry will sell it before it's really ready. It's called it's a whip stage, or there's a stage when it's just actively growing but not really mature enough to set fruit. It'll set flower, or, or excuse me, leaf buds, but not flower buds. So be careful of that. You want to make sure it's a fruiting age, and, and they'll ask. You should be able to ask and go, "Oh, is this a fruiting age?" If they look like stare at you and going, huh, what? Are they just bluff going, yeah, it is. You want one or two? Kind of have them verify for you. Have them, you know, drill them, ask them, really do your homework on it. So a fruit tree typically has to be six to seven years old before it's old enough to start bearing heavy fruit crops. If you get one that's old enough and you put it in the ground now, you can actually have fruit on the tree right this year, right this spring. You'll have cherries, you'll have a pear, you'll have whatever that fruit that you like, you can have it if you get a mature enough fruit tree. A 15 gallon size tree typically is old enough. Five gallons are starting to be old enough, maybe or maybe not. Anything smaller than a five-gallon, no, it's not going to fruit for several more years from now. So kind of put that on your radar. Also, watch your chilling hours while we're on fruit trees. Okay, this is gardening for newcomers, kind of getting you up to snuff just so you make less mistakes. I see this often. We have a heavy desert influence up here in the mountains of Arizona. They're selling fruit trees that should fruit down in the deserts, but as soon as you get it up here, it won't fruit. It blooms too early. And you'll look on the tag of fruit trees, and it will say it needs you know 600 chilling hours. That is, it needs so many nights of cold, before it will decide to wake up and bloom. If it's real short chilling hours, it will wake up early. It'll wake, it'll be blooming in February and March. And we still have another two months of frost to potentially hit that tree. If it has a lot of chilling hours, let's say five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred, 800, 900, a thousand chilling hours. That means it's going to be well, well into spring before it leaves out blooms. So you're out of that risk. Of frost damage, you'll have more consistent fruit. Anyway, if you need more on that, come talk to us. We can we can handhold you, walk you right through the whole process.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season.
1: We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants in February are peony, lily of the valley, pinyon pines, and Calgary Carpet Juniper.
0: Calgary Carpet Juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle-high for the perfect ground cover.
1: An ideal choice for low-water, low-care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect
0: green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall.
1: Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten
0: it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center.
1: Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors.
0: Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season.
1: Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now,
1: welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. We are back in the studio with Elisa Waters Lane here each week. She takes this segment and just makes us all smarter as far as gardening goes. So (laughs) I just feel like, like, plus it takes some pressure off of me so I don't feel the entire hour and I get to spend 10 minutes, oh, maybe more than that, with you in a a little studio room here at the mm-hmm. garden center, which I love.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do too, dear. Uh,
1: that's what I wanted. That's what every man wants to hear. Okay. Anyway, uh, what do you got for us this week? What are you? What are you going? What, what's the direction? Well, I
0: feel you know that song at Christmas that it's beginning to look a lot like yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I feel like she's singing that for spring here. It's beginning to look a lot like spring. We yeah. have had multiple trucks in. Um, so we're a little tired, a little dingy from that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. It's what we live for. It
0: is. It is. It's just so exciting to get all this stuff in. You're like, ooh, we got that. Ooh, we got this. Oh, this is new. So it's yeah. just, it's a fun time of year to be in the garden center because it's all fresh and new and exciting.
1: To give you an idea perspective, folks. So there's been so many trucks. So, let's let me think here. We've had not quite a football field. Think a semi-tractor trailer times a football field. It's just shy of that—that many feet—and it's stacked from floor to that entire eight-foot ceiling, packed with dirt and plants. Mm -hmm. So it's spread out over. We're trying to fill up two acres of of garden center, and so it takes it takes a lot. So we still we probably have another—I don't know—three or four—and all the while. People are coming and buying it, so it's like they yeah. see, they like know it's coming. So they're they're tagging onto it. So you're trying to fill it up while people are buying it. So you okay. bring more in. It's what we live for, but. Right. It's kind of the, that's the energy of spring. So mm-hmm. for garden centers, most retailers, it's Christmas, and Black Friday. It's just, it's right. here. It's for, it's, it's garden center. It's spring. It's March and April mm-hmm. kind of gets us going. So it's yeah. fun.
0: We love it. Yeah. So a couple of things that are actually on the premise. I've talked about them before, but it's like, we're quite sure until they show up, but they did show up. So the, the flamethrower, uh, red bed. <laughs> having a
1: brain well, don't take about don't talk about those you only have 15 of them they'll be gone instantly talk about the other regular well, regular got, old red we lights. got
0: all the old we got the oklahoma merlot uh sheesh. there's like five there's or six a weeping different one. yep there's a weeping all kinds one. Uh, but the coolest newest one is the flamethrower so that one has kind of what makes it different it blooms out the same that real Dark pink blossom, but it, the leaves on it go from like a yellowish to green to orange, all on the same branch, like
1: a flamethrower right.
0: <laughs> hence the name. But pretty cool, I'm excited to see them leaf out. Of course, they're dormant right now,
1: right? And I'm buds excited to heavy. see them
0: bloom. Oh, yeah, yeah. and then and then but I mean, leaf out that'll be really fun. So,
1: yeah. red buds they're native for here, so they there's a western, a Mexican, there's several types that grow here wild, so mm-hmm. once they get rooted. Yeah. You can almost ignore them. They don't get too big. They live right. a long time. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the bright blooms, spring blooms. Mm-hmm. They have great fall color. They got great big leaves uh, for shade. They're kind of everything you want for the they mountains are. of Arizona. They really are.
0: Super tree for here. So check those out. Plus, we have all the. The old-fashioned ones as well. <laughs> oh, old, I mean,
1: forest <laughs> pansy. It's got a purple forest leaf. Candy, you got yeah. Oklahoma's a traditional eastern red right. bud with, with a brighter flower, bigger, yeah. like a double flower. Mm-hmm. So there's lots. There's lots right. of them. But all of them grow well here. That is true.
0: And then we also got, and we talked about the apple trees that had the braided, yeah. brand, uh, braided trunks. We got those. And that's a Honeycrisp and a Gala. And they so they've kind of braided them, twisted them around each other. Really neat! What a neat thing to have in the yard.
1: No, you can't have one at our house. We've got enough. It's just like, but they are really cool. Although I bet you could grow that in a big pot. Oh yeah, downstairs. Yeah, Mm. maybe you could have one. We'll see. They'll go quick. (laughs) (laughs) A braided fruit tree, like a braided, like a braided hair, but. Yeah. They're t- taking the trunks. And so you get this funky two, two fruits on the same tree that grows up. Mm-hmm. I've never seen such a thing. Time. How do they do this stuff?
0: Who creates know. this stuff? Crazy gardeners. Um, we got some beautiful rhododendrons and huge. I yeah. mean, huge, yeah. almost as tall as I am. Huge. Yeah. Um, they're beautiful. And I'll, you know, butted it up. They're going to be starting to bloom fairly soon here. Just absolutely gorgeous. If you've got the right spot for a roadie, you need to put one in. So yeah. they kind of like that shaded, uh, very filtered light spot. But most of them are evergreen yeah. as well. So just beautiful plants to put in.
1: People don't realize you can grow azaleas, rhododendrons, hydrangeas, mm-hmm. but you can. And wow. the uh, the roadies are the true evergreens. It's the hardy mm-hmm. variety. They go down to. Minus 40, 30 degrees, something like that. But they get that great big flower. And deer, rabbits, javelina, do not bother. in rooms. should be fine. Mm -hmm. Just give them shade.
0: Right, right. So check those out. We got the great big ones. And then we have some of the more dwarf varieties too. So if you have a smaller space to fill that's shady, you can put those in there. Who
1: wants a dwarf in the yard? Well, sometimes
0: you need... Smaller, smaller plants. Yeah. Okay, next to the
1: get- <laughs> <to> patio. <laughs> I'm thinking gnomes. <laughs>
0: no, that's what you want. Uh, we also got uh, the peonies. We talked about the peonies yeah. earlier. So we got a nice selection of peonies in. We also got, which is still dormant, but great time to plant some of the spireas, like the Renaissance yeah. spirea. Some of those more earlier spring blooming varieties yeah. are in. Uh, lots of forsythia. We got a lot of bloomerangs in. So I know last year some people didn't get their bloomerangs because they ran out. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a really nice selection of the dark purple and then the one that's pink. Um, scent and Sensibility is the pink one, and then the dark purple one. So
1: those are our lilacs mm-hmm. that repeat bloom two or three times a year. Uh, thus, the name, Bloomerang Lilac. And main thing is they're just shorter. They don't get, yep. they get maybe hip high. Mm-hmm. And so as a regular lilac gets well above head high, if it's a big shrub, these stay small. So you can have them wherever you want them now.
0: Mm-hmm. So there again, fits into the yards That's... in many, many different places. Uh, I think I mentioned the forsythia. So we've got a lot of those in as well. Um, I'm missing something.
1: I what don't know. What was I going to talk about? I would help you if I could. <laughs> You know, I did notice the barberries. I was putting those back. Oh, so barberries yeah. are really tough. Yeah, you know, r- shorter, mm-hmm. bright oranges, bright red uh, shrub. Gets about knee higher, so it depends on the model. But they were starting to leaf out here in the garden center. So they're yeah. starting. You can see the berry leaves. Not not big leaves, but you can right. see they broke bud and mm-hmm. now they've got tiny foliage. And by the time they get done, give them a month, they'll be this solid orange mm-hmm. shrub that just glows out in the yard.
0: So that brings up a good point. So I've had people worried that, oh, they're starting to leave. Can yeah, I, I still plant it? I know yeah. we got cold. I just say, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. They, they like the cold. They
1: like the cold. So don't worry about it. It's better to get them in the ground mm-hmm. while they're, I mean, before they fully leaf out. So they just adapt better when their roots are in the ground in your yard waiting there. So right. you really do, there, there should be some urgency. Mm-hmm. With things like fruit trees, shade trees, you've you mentioned the red buds, right. uh, grapes, berries, things that are deciduous, they haven't quite leafed, they're about to, they're starting to wake up. You should really, really get those in the ground. It's not that you can't plant them after they're fully leafed. I mean, we sell a lot right. more grapes when they've got full leaves and grape clusters on them. Right. But it's better to put them in before they wake up. So wake up on our, your timing uh, there's less transplant shock. There's a lot of benefits to mm-hmm. planting early. Yeah. Anyway,
0: yeah. One of the other things we got in that that was kind of cool is a raspberry shortcake.
1: Oh, so blueberry.
0: No, it's a a raspberry. 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 Sorry, I was thinking, I
1: don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I wasn't thinking.
0: But instead of brambling, like most of your raspberries do, this one creates more like a shrub type thing. So great for containers, uh, smaller spaces there again. It'd be great. That's in now. I missed that. So
1: I'm sure I unloaded it. I'm sure we have got the scars on my hands for it. (laughs) I just didn't, they're all tied up and they're, it's kind of a load. The loading dock is a mess when those trucks come in. There's stakes everywhere there's tie tape everywhere but it's Amen. when you get all done you go what just happened like a bomb went off but uh, no it's a it's a plant bomb <laughs> <laughs> so
0: lots of new things a lot of conifer new conifers in. Yeah. um you know if you've been waiting now is the time to come check out the availabilities
1: so you're saying if you've been waiting stop it stop waiting you can in. plant you're in the planting season yeah. we're here the ground is not frozen You can put things in, go for it. Uh, Water them right now until they leaf out every 10, 14 days. Keep it moist. Once they leaf out, water them once or twice a week at that point. Mm -hmm. And then you're good to go. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two t's, gardencenter.com.
1: Waters Garden companion plants of February are peony, calgary carpet juniper, lily of the valley, and pinyon pines.
0: Pinyon pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade.
1: It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape.
0: Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard.
1: You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine are deer and javelina proof.
0: Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com.
1: Hi, Elisa with the plants of the week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This
0: pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold.
1: This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, for people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop.
1: We believe searching Waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: As soon as this snow starts to dissipate, just the second it clears off, the second you see the soil, the planting season is upon us, just like that. Now, it will be the cool season things, things that like cold nights, bright days. That's all of your spring-blooming plants. That would be rhododendrons, azaleas, all the way down to to uh, forsythia, flowering quince. We just got a new flowering quince, drought, hardy, tough, plant with a double orange flower, super pretty. Uh, all the lilacs, it, don't wait when this happens. When you get them, they're, they're dormant. So they're basically, uh, they're deciduous. That is, they, they have great fall color, all of these plants. When they're done with their fall colors, aspen golds or purples, reds, then they'll shed their leaves and they sit there in twig light State. I mean, they, some of them have very interesting bark on them, like a burning bush. Super interesting cork-like bark, even without foliage. It's very interesting. Some of them have white bark, like aspens. They're very pretty with or without leaves, but that's considered deciduous. With your deciduous plants, it's best to plant those before they go into bloom, before they leaf out. So if you can get those in the ground before they, they they have that tender new growth, you'll find that you have more success, uh, less stress on that plant. That tender new growth, it's so tender, so thin, so soft that it, it, it if it stresses out at all, it just fades or tears or bruises. And so if you can put that in the ground before it wakes up, you have far less uh, damage or risk of, of stress on that on that foliage. More importantly, things like lilac, your blooming plants like uh, r- r- rhododendrons and those, those kinds of things, they are they'll get stressed out when you plant them when they're in bloom. They'll actually shed their their flowers. They'll just, I'm stressed out. I know I was in bloom. I know that's the reason you took me home. I know I I smelled really good, but. I'm just stressed here. I'm not, I don't even know where I'm at. This is not, I'm not sure if I like this planting hole you gave me. And so to, to mitigate the stress of the plant, the internal stress, it will just stop blooming. Just It'll instantly shrivel up, let those things go. The foliage will stay intact most often, but the, the flowers will go, well, the reason you bought a lilac was for the fragrance and the color. And so if you just put it in before it wakes up. You don't have any of that stress. When it blooms, you get the maximum bloom cycle on that, which should be for lilacs probably about four to six weeks. They bloom a month, a little over a month, something like that's how long they bloom. There are some varieties coming out of lilac that bloom repeatedly, much like a rose does. You know, Roses, they look really amazing. April, May, that's when they put that first flush of blooms. Then it takes a break. Usually you'll deadhead it or trim it, or depending on the variety, sometimes it prunes itself back. Then it flushes another set of flowers. Then it takes a break, rests. Then it sets more flowers. There's new lilacs coming out that do the exact same thing. Some blues, some reds. I think we've got a white repeat. There's several repeat blooming lilacs. And some new interesting dwarf varieties. You know, lilac, that's a very large plant. And so it it easily gets above head high now now, in Arizona, where it's really a dry climate, what you'll find is that plants grow shorter. They don't get to their full potential. So you folks from the Midwest, you're used to lilacs being 20 feet tall. They just don't get that big here. Whatever that label says on the plant, if as you're shopping plants, this is for all elevations. Whoever's tuned in, in Arizona at least, uh, the plants are going to be 20, 25% shorter, smaller in breadth, width, height, in every dimension. It's going to be smaller because of the aridness, the dryness, the sun, just the sheer intensity of the sun. Seems to me the, the foliage will be smaller. Uh, the the flowers will be smaller, maybe more of them, but smaller, uh, and they just won't grow as tall. And so lilacs here in the mountains of Arizona, maybe 10 feet tall. If you just let them go, they can be twice that in the Midwest where they're just growing wild. They're almost a weed here. They're going to be shorter. That goes for maples. That goes for any kind of plant that you've grown in other areas. You come here because of the elevation, the short days, the, the, the temperature swings, the 10% humidity that's about to hit us in, in uh, May and June seems to make things pint size. That goes for fruit trees. You're used to apricots that grow 25 feet tall. Well, they're only going to grow 18 here, so they're going to be smaller by 20, 25%. There's no real science to that. But, but a gardener, when we're, when we're rowing, you know, looking around at other gardens, we go, hey, I know that. The book says that grows 25 feet. But this is a fully mature one. It's only 18. So you just see this play out in, in local landscapes. And it doesn't seem to be if it's a north or south-facing garden or you know, 6,000 foot or 5,000 foot. It just seems to be northern Arizona. That's the way it plays out. Lilacs. R.A. Natural, though. That's one plant that every yard should have at least one. And here's the reason why. They're very deep-rooted. They've got, so that makes them drought-hardy. Animals seem to leave them alone, but generally speaking, so deer and rabbits and javelina, uh, pack rats, things, you know, porcupines we've got. We've had incidents of people coming in and going, something's eating the bark on the bottom part of my tree. What is it? Porcupine? No, it can't be. I've never seen one. I'm going. Okay, here we go again. It's a porcupine. It can't be. I'm telling you, only one thing peels the bark off at the bottom of the tree like that. Porcupine. Okay. How? What do I do? Well, you just wrap it up. You, they don't bother lilac. And so, no matter the variety. Now, a quick lesson on lilac. There's basically three different types. That's it. All like. Now, there's different colors but it's going to be one of these types. There is your common lilac. This is the kind of lilac that your grandmother grew. Generally, it's purple, a darker purple. It's, it's very fragrant, gets very large, very fast, grow, very deep-rooted, very drought-hardy, very tough. It's a great plant. They've got variations of that. They're coming out with new colors because, let's face it, just purple, kind of boring. So we've got yellows and, and whites and light blues and sky blues and Dark blues and light purples, and there's different colors. Even reds can come out of that. But they're all common lilacs. Same size, get like 8, 10 feet tall, 6 feet wide, big, big vase-shaped, big flowers. The second type is French lilacs. Like, oui, oui, it's a French lilac. There we go. Uh, That was a terrible... To my French friends, I apologize terribly for that terrible accent, but... It's the closest I can do. I mean, I can't help it. Um, French lilacs are very exotic. You get the really rich, intense, like vibrant colors with this. They are bred for the beauty. I mean, you just want to pick them, put them in a vase and paint them. You just want to, they're just gorgeous, but they don't have the fragrance that the common lilacs do. So look for that. Is it a common lilac or is this a... French lilac. So your bright reds, your bright blues, these are going to be French lilacs. Then you've got an entire series of dwarfed lilacs. These are just lower care. I mean, you, you'll never have to prune these. They bloom, many of them repeatedly. They'll bloom two, three times per year. Same fragrance as the common lilacs. Very fragrant, but they only get hip high or so. So that's the beauty we're trying to introduce more of those because yards are becoming smaller and people don't have room for a 10 foot shrub. You know, it's a beast off the side of their house or off the back patio. They need something smaller. And so we're introducing more and more dwarfed plants like lilacs, butterfly bush. Uh, even, even I've got a dwarfed forsythia. Who's ever heard of such a thing? It only gets a foot tall, truly dwarf. I've got a one that only gets two feet tall, one that only gets four feet tall, then the traditional forsythia forsythia that gets head high. So we're trying to introduce more and more and more varieties. So those are your types, common lilac, French lilacs, and your dwarfed series of lilacs. They're all equally as hardy. There's not one better than the other. You're going to shop those by how tall do I want it to be? What color do I like? And then that's pretty much it. That's how you shop for lilacs. And all are available at the garden centers now.
0: You're listening to local garden expert, Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener.
1: Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodore cedars.
0: A standalone tree so beautifully shaped, it's referred to as the Christmas tree
1: fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens windbreaks and privacy
0: graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree
1: and evergreen lovers dream for fast
0: thick growth waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott for people who love majestic evergreens they love to shop we believe you're braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think at waters garden center
1: As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution.
0: At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom.
1: With experts that know plants and how to make them grow.
0: Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z
1: and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center people who love bright green houseplants they love to shop found in Prescott you've tuned in to the
0: mountain gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens now welcome your host Ken Lane
1: so I'm not going to promote the garden classes anymore so they are, we just are overwhelmed. Last week it was on fruit trees and we had 60, 60, 70 people there in the greenhouse, standing room only with another 50 or 60 online watching it live stream. So I'm not going to promote that if you want it, if you've got interest or that's something that tickles your fancy, go to our website, watersgardencenter.com uh, or or the Facebook page under events. You know where, you know where to find it. Anyway, uh, we got a bunch of trees in this week and they're... Mainly the deciduous trees. Well, not all. We've got quite a few spruce and pine. Lots of really big, pretty pine trees. But the deciduous trees, the deciduous uh, fruit trees. These are plants that lose their leaves. These are the shade trees. The blooming trees of spring. The the red buds and the crab apples. The service berries. you, You know who they are. They're really pretty. They're heavily budded. And they're starting to swell. You can see them actively Uh, growing right now. So they are getting ready to explode into their spring flower. By sometime in March, it's all going to let loose and things are going to bloom like crazy. I've been talking to folks about the trees here at the garden center, and I wanted to describe a a good quality tree and, and what you're looking for when you're buying a good quality tree. And there are bad quality and there are good quality, and there's everything in between. So, we tend to specialize in the artistry of the trees. This is the shape, the canopy, the, the way it's gonna grow up. These beautiful trees, when they're beautiful, when they're small, they grow up into beautiful trees. If a tree is ugly when they're small, there ain't no way to fix that dog. It's just ugly. The bigger it gets, the uglier it gets. So, you really do wanna hand pick those trees, whether it's an evergreen or, or deciduous, but especially those bigger shade trees like maples and aspens and birch, and there, there are just dozens of them. Uh, what are you looking for? So what we'll do is we'll grow the trees in a field and then we'll pull them up. We'll grow them for about I don't know, five years or so in a field like like corn, then we'll go in and harvest those, and we'll bare root them. That is, there's no soil. We're just getting them out of the ground in those farms, and then we'll put them into a can, a bucket, a, a, a grower's pot. And so, as that tree grows, we're shaping it, we're grooming it, as it, to to get it where it has the scaffolding, the the shapeliness to it. Many trees are grafted. In fact. All of our trees here at Waters Garden Center are grafted trees. That is, we'll take a rootstock, and we're trying to take a rootstock that handles heavy clay, and then we're grafting the desired tree onto that hardier rootstock. So there's a graft right there at the ground. You'll see a, a little knob or, or kind of a, a stub there, and that's the graft. And that's, that was grafted five years ago. As it grows, if you just take a hardy rootstock and you just let that tree just grow right now, it's really hardy, you can get what we call as a whip, a real thin, tall tree. So you've got to head it or top it or limit at the top. So we're cutting some of the top off to force that energy into the trunk so we get a nice, thick, chubby trunk. As we start to finish off that tree the last couple of years, we're now grafting actually the outer tips. So at the top of a good quality tree, you'll see a little band-aid looking like like white grafting tape. And that's where we're cutting that long, let's say a locust. It focuses all of its energy on this one branch and all of it goes out there. Well, we'll, we'll cut that off to give it some shape, but then we'll take that tip and graft it someplace else so we can control that growth, so we get better, stronger growth with a good, thick trunk. And that's that's what you're looking for. So if you see some Band-Aid-looking grafting tape up towards the top especially, that's actually very desirable. An artist has been been working this tree for probably we've got some trees that are 10 15 years old they're they're instantaneous trees i mean you put them in the yard it looks like it's been growing there for 10 years because it's like 10 years old so look for that and you'll see that shapeless but basically don't buy ugly trees they just get uglier as they grow (laughs) okay that's the advice this week that's a wrap for the mountain gardeners have a good week everyone I Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita.
0: Part of Waters' expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona.
1: A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a style and drought-hardy landscape. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop.
0: We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier. At Waters
1: Garden Center. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more. Or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.